This is Medieval, and thanks for joining us. Especially thank you if you are taking time out of your Christmas day to listen to the Medieval Christmas Special. And we'd like to apologize that we finished and uploaded this a little late. Hi, I'm Alberto. I'm from Central Italy, and yes, Christmas is a serious business. On the vigil, we have a great dinner, and every relative is allowed. The only rule? No meat. At midnight, we all go to church for the Christmas Mass. The day after, we have an even greater lunch, where every excess is allowed. You eat too much? It's fine. You drink too much? Even better. Apart from the nativity, there are very few aspects of Christmas which are inherently Christian. In fact, the 25th of December doesn't even have any confirmed Christian roots. Instead, it began as an unofficial pagan tradition in antiquity, and who truly knows how old it is. In the darkest, most ancient days, a great period of celebration stretched from around late December to the New Year, and it was known to the pagans and druids of the cold and icy north. Chanting under mistletoe, burning logs to light up the forests, are a couple of the few details we can salvage about the pagan winter solstice. The sources are so scarce that it's hard to go into much more detail. The alignment of the stars in December seems to have had a profound influence upon the pagans of antiquity. December, the month midway through winter, was celebrated since it was a crucial marking point. The days would start to lengthen while the nights became shorter. Perhaps the light from the burning logs reminded these ancient people of spring and gave them hope for a brighter season. And they weren't the only ones doing it. In the Mediterranean, the Romans were feasting and exchanging luxurious gifts to rejoice in the festivals of Saturnilla, dedicated to the god Saturn, on the 25th of December. Clearly something was special about this day, so the Christians weren't the first to make it sacred. Even so, as the primary religion of the Roman Empire gradually transitioned to Christianity, they adopted the 25th of December as the time to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. With the legislation of Christianity by Emperor Constantine in 313, the celebrations likely became more profound. Additionally, many of the Germanic customs were being passed down to the Romans, and the winter solstice celebrations began to include more northern motifs. Thus, it was at this time that fir trees, mistletoes, and glowing lights became associated with the Christian winter festival. Christmas grew steadily over the decades and centuries. In medieval times, the view of life and celebrations was very much different. Emphatic and expressive beauty became key in festive culture. Commemorating the birth of Jesus from the womb of the Virgin Mary, the 25th of December was a crucial date for the Catholics of Europe in the Middle Ages, with the first merges of the Romanized South and Barbarian North, the Christians adopted pagan solstice traditions and made them their own. Even so, pagan celebrations and practices were most common amongst communities and kingdoms in Mid and East Europe. The specialty decorated tree, garlands, and presents were reminiscent of ancient traditions. Winter solstice was a toast to prosperity and abundance, and the safety of surviving the harsh winter until the bloom of next spring. 
banquets, parties, family gatherings, and reunions where dear friends were enjoyed with music and dance. The collection of pagan and Christian imagery symbolized eternal life and light. Liturgy and festivals mingled between the rich and poor, commemorating the birth of their Savior, Jesus Christ. New and wonderful traditions were created to add to the longest and most elaborate holiday of the year. Hello, my name is Sofia S. I come from Ukraine and for Christmas time what me and my family do, we gather all of our extended family and friends. Uh, we cook a lot of traditional dishes like borscht and pierogi among a bunch of other stuff. We drink and party until uh, night comes and then we let the children open presents from St. Nikolai instead of Santa Claus like the Americans have it. And it's a very fun time with partying and, and games and stories. In the great castles, halls, and mansions of the nobles and aristocrats, Christmas parties were splendid. The fireplaces in the great halls crackled with the burning of great Yule logs, and the walls were adorned with beautiful garlands and sometimes even pieces of art commissioned specially for the occasion. Everyone wore their best clothes and jewelry. There were two gift exchanges between them. One was on the 25th of December and another on New Year's Day. Presents exchanged on the 1st of January were thought to bode the future fortunes of the coming year. Every table was crammed end-to-end -end with the finest and most expensive meals, consisting of various kinds of succulent meats, soft white bread, fruit, and drink of the finest quality. Christmas banquets were welcoming of guests for the joyous occasion and were often crammed with excited visitors. So that they were not forgotten, the noble servants were also invited so they received a better meal and could also celebrate. Some commoners might have turned up, but they were only invited to sit by the fireplace. They brought their own plates and did not share the meal with the nobles. Hello, I am Sabrina from Brazil, Rio Grande do Sul. Here you used to celebrate the Christmas going to the church, celebrate a great diner with the family, using traditional family recipes. Here the children opened their Christmas gift in the Christmas Eve, and that's it. It's a very happy night. I wish to all the listeners from the Medieval Podcast a very Merry Christmas. Outside the mansions, the poorest of the poor waited to be served the leftovers, which were often still great in quantity. The very few lucky commoners who could spend Christmas with their lord would bring him the very best gifts they could afford and hope to win a few eggs or chickens in return. Typically, a noble would distribute gifts to his local people. These included extra food, firewood, animals, and clothing. Children were given small gifts from their parents if they could afford it, usually simple wooden toys. The peasants followed the nobles in decorating their houses with bright colors, and on the first day of January, they would expect good omens for the new year. The first person to enter the door of each house in the new year was interpreted as a bringer of peace. To bring the best omens, the first footer should be male, dark-headed, and carrying coal, shortbread, salt, a black bun, and a wee dram of whiskey. 
The first footer couldn't be blonde because blonde hair harkened back to the traditional image, Viking Marauder, who would arrive at the door of your house with his axe. The tradition continues in some places in Scotland. Monks arranged and played in theatrical performances, in the homes of the commoners, staging biblical passages. Trope artists performed musical performances in the streets, dressed as knights, masters, or bandits, and performed in theater. There were a plethora of other games for both adults and children, including board games and outdoor games as well as traditional Christmas games, such as people dressing up as saints to ask for donations. Even the bitter winter, it was common for people to go ice skating with bones attached to their feet. This holiday of festivities was for everyone, and entertainment was shared with everyone. Meals and heavy drinking were the most common ways to stay busy and happy during Christmas, and because of this, outbreaks were common among the gentlemen. As the laughing, feasting, and dancing intensified, holy wreaths were given out and used as decor. Celtic druids believed holy wreaths to be sacred, the Romans gave it as a gift, and the Catholics of medieval Europe used it as a decoration. Often, Christmas was the only time of the year peasants could enjoy these luxuries. Christmas developed tradition by tradition over the years. Decades and centuries, villages, towns, and cities would compete to see who could have the most splendorous celebration and most delicious feast. Christmas gradually became not just a religious festival, but a unique culture for every settlement. Au contraire, some countries disagreed with Christmas. For example, Scotland was banned from the 17th century to the 1940s as it was viewed as wrongful Catholic festival. Some isolated communities enjoyed Christmas anyways. Rebels. Hello, I'm Sapa from Belgium and I celebrate Christmas by going to my grandparents and helping my grandfather cook. The whole family comes together then and we just celebrate, have a fun time. After a long holiday, the return to normal life might have been difficult, but the games and music continued during the transition from festivities to routine work. Celebrations in medieval times were intense, and fun was taken advantage of wherever possible. In searching for more joyous lives, the people of medieval Europe proved to us that they really knew how to live. I'd like to thank the entire Medieval team for making this special possible, and for a thrilling eight months of the podcast. December is just as busy for us as it is for you, so cranking out this last episode of the year out in time was a bit of a challenge, and we had to cut a few corners to get there. However, we're excited to turn up the content quality and consistency in the new year. We will run quizzes, start to push out more regular episodes of the Barbarian Europe season, and you can look forward to the final three parts of the Arundel Castle series. Additionally, I thank our guests for joining us for the Christmas special and giving us a little insight into how they celebrate Christmas. And for everyone else, thank you so much for listening. As always, that's all for today, but we'll see you soon for more episodes of Medieval. Merry Christmas.